Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to the Big Questions for God. This is the show when you can ask and we tackle the big questions of the Christian faith. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. Today we're asking one amazing question is talk about the end times, just sensational fear-mongering. Our man in the hot seat today is Pastor Mark Wilson, Mark's an ordained pastor, who's developed a real specialty in developing in answering difficult questions about God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. Welcome to you, Mark. Welcome, Gary. Good to be with you today. It is fantastic to have you in in the studio with us today. Do you know, I really enjoy asking some of the questions uh, to people like yourself. Well, that's good. I don't know whether I enjoy answering them, but uh, let's see how we go today. Oh, it's going to be a good day. I'm really looking forward to it. It'll be fantastic. Before we do, however, let's go to uh, to, to some music. This is Andy McLeod, Signs of the Times. This is a, This is a beautiful song. It reflects on the subject that we're talking about today. Daily in the papers War rumbles in the land Global insecurity And finance troubles man A papal call to Sunday
FM. That was Andy McLeod, Signs of the Times. Welcome back to Drive Time, Big Questions for God with Pastor Gary. This is the program where we look each week at the difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we can look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. If you have any questions about anything that is discussed on this program, you can text them to our desk. It's 0438 Each week, we invite you to text in your questions with your first name and we're going to invite religious specialists to come and talk about some of the big questions that you have concerning the contemporary Christian faith. Today... The question we're asking is, is talk about the end times just sensational fear-mongering? Today I've got with me Pastor Mark Wilson. Uh, Mark is the pastor of the Prospect Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome again to you, Mark. Welcome, Gary. It is really good to have you with us in the studio. Good to be here. Uh, tell us, Mark. Tell us a little bit uh, about yourself. Now, you have you have family. You've, you, I notice you're a grey beard a little bit. <laughs> yes, I'm 59 years of age. If that will reveal anything. Ah, uh, terrible. I have uh, an empty nest. We have two children, Simon and Serena. We love them dearly. Our daughter is married. They both live on the Gold Coast, and uh, my wife and I are home alone together now in lockdown. Uh, the, uh, you really miss your kids when you when they grow up and uh, they get to that point. It gets to the empty nest uh, stage. Yes, that's right. We we do miss them, but we love them. We're in contact with them every week. Uh, tell tell me, Mark. Now, you're the pastor of the of the Prospect Church here in here in Adelaide. Now, uh, tell us something about the uh, the Prospect Church. I mean, is this a big church, a little church, a, a young say, church, an old church? I'd say it's an average size church. We have about eighty or ninety that attend. Okay, it's actually called the Prospect International Church, and for a reason because it's very international. We we mm-hmm. have a a savouring of people from. All nations uh, that come to our church at Prospect, we have folk from Asia, the Philippines, uh, Singapore and so forth. Uh, we have Europeans, Romanians. We have um, folk from German Germany. We have um, people from South America, from Salvador. We have folk from Africa, uh, India. And we also have got some Australians too, like me. That's fantastic. <laughs> you know, isn't it wonderful when you can get so many different nationalities to come together in a church and worship together? Yeah, no, it's wonderful. It's a, it's a taste what heaven will be like with people of every nation, kindred, tongue, and people gathered around the great throne. And, and the wonderful thing about a church like that I've discovered is that when you gather together with, for meals, there's so many different uh, styles of meals that actually that, that people bring along. Yes, our church lunches are to die for, I can tell you that. Oh, yeah, 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 I can fully believe it. I really can believe that. But just tell us a little bit more about yourself, Mark. Now, you've always been a pastor, have you? I mean, I mean... What brought you into ministry? No, I haven't always been a pastor, Gary. I, I, I guess uh, if you want to talk about conversion, I, I guess I had a, a conversion experience when I was about 24. I was a computer programmer at the time and doing quite well for myself at the time, but uh, had a major about-face okay. as uh, I was confronted with the truths of, uh, of the Bible, of Christianity, and made my decision three years later. I Can I just uh, ask how that actually took place? Well, how much time you got, Gary? 
<laughs> what question would you like me to answer today? <laughs> uh, Look, it, it was through the ministry of some people um, who were out on the street witnessing mm. for Jesus in Sydney, and indirectly I was contacted by them, um, began a relationship with someone who perhaps should not have had a relationship with me. <laughs> but through one thing and another, uh, I was exposed to the gospel, to Bible truth, and uh, even though I was brought up in a Christian home early on, mm. I have never really understood the Bible until I began to read it, to study it, and I tell you what, it opened my eyes, and for the last 30 years I've been going around telling people about the wonderful truths of the Bible and the wonderful Saviour presents, mm. and it's wonderful to see hundreds of people, many people who step out and uh, have accepted um, the Christian faith as I have done. Mm. It's amazing how that transition uh, does actually occur because for so many people it's a matter of they've grown up in the church and as a result of that they've uh, they've continued in the church and they've adopted the faith of their parents but they've actually never had to make that transition whereas you've actually had to make that transition. Yes, uh, while I had exposure to the Christian faith um, it never really impacted me but the evidence of the Bible and I've got to say uh, looking at some of the, the predictions, the prophecies, the fulfilment, uh, I, I've been amazed at mm. what this what this book in, um, contains, and that made a powerful impact upon me. The evidence overwhelmed me, and you know, as a computer program, I was trained to think logically. You know, yeah. I, I yeah. just could not dismiss the logic, yeah. the intelligence of what I saw in this book. Mm. I had to make a decision to either follow it or, or, or go against what I know to be right. Well, mm. I chose to follow it, thankfully. Uh, that, that, that is an amazing uh, challenge for, for, for so many people. Uh, we're going to come back to the, today's question in just a moment. But before we do, let's go to Caleb and Kelsey. 10,000 Reasons and what a beautiful name. This is a wonderful song, a song of praise. <laughs>
does the Bible say about the end of the world? Faith FM's free offer today is the final events of Bible Prophecy DVD. Exploring what the Bible says about the future and other topics you've heard of, like the rapture, the second coming, and many more. This DVD is available in several languages, including Mandarin, French, Spanish, and Portuguese. To get your free final events DVD, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, Big Questions for God with Pastor Gary. Uh, This is the program where we look each week at the difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. If you have any questions that you would like to ask to our speaker today, Pastor Mark Wilson, you can text them directly to our desk. Our number is 0438 Each week, we invite you to text in your questions with your first name, and we're going to invite religious specialists to come and answer some of those biggest questions of the Christian faith. Today... Our question is this one. Is talk about the end times just sensational fear-mongering? I have with me in the studio Pastor Mark Wilson, pastor of the Prospect Church in Adelaide, South Australia. Mark, this question seems to have come to us in a a fair number of forms uh, ever since the coronavirus has started impacting lives. I've, I've had so many people ask me uh, this question or this question in a number of different forms. Have you, have you noticed an increase in interest in this question? Uh, who hasn't? <laughs> I think it's very relevant. Uh, a lot of people are asking questions. Uh, even people that don't normally ask questions, um, you know, are asking about um, things like prophecy and times. You're uh, just talking about religious people? Uh, no. Um, uh, people are wondering what's going on. You know, um, what's, where's our world going? Uh, with every trauma in the world and disaster or pandemic or whatever, it just seems to build. Yeah, uh, yeah. Where's our world heading to? Mm, mm. Uh, I had one person, I guess, uh, well, was vo- very disturbed about what was going on and was, um, I guess, uh, disturbed by a lot of conspiracy-type theories mixed in with religious and end-time events and yeah. so forth and felt that he should head for the hills to get away from it all. I'm not sure that's a rational approach. But, um, you know, there are a lot of strange things going on in our world today, Gary. I wonder how many of our listeners are into a bit of hoarding, you know, putting putting things aside. Uh, Have you done any hoarding, Mark? Um, well, Do you I'm have enough still, toilet paper? I, I'm still trying to recover from the, <laughs> the, uh, the toilet paper apocalypse. And, uh, yes, I was able to buy some the other day, actually. So. You were? Okay, so you don't really have enough, uh, a great hoard at your, at your house. Well, we're glad we weren't pressured into that because before all this broke, my wife uh, normally buys a box of 48 from a charity, and we had delivered you know, 48 long rolls of toilet paper, which we're still going through and probably last another month or two. So we're quite okay for a while. (laughs) Wonderful, wonderful, yeah. Mark, just can I ask you, did Christ have anything to say 
about this question. You know, talk about the end times. Is it just sensationalism? I mean, did Christ have anything to say about the end times? Can you share with us uh, what? How do you respond to people? What do the What do the scriptures actually say? Well, Gary, I think these are very relevant questions that you're looking at today, um, relevant to the times in which we live. You know, as to your first question about whether Christ had anything to say about the end times, and in particular uh, about the many end times sensational, fear-mongering, apocalyptic preachers that seem to launch on, launch on every headline to advance some kind of end time conspiracy theory, I've got to answer a very decided yes. He did have something to say about mm-hmm. that. Um, and, but to your basic question as to whether talk about the end times is just sensational fear-mongering, I guess I'd have to answer both yes and no. Uh, yes, it is sensational fear-mongering if people are not grounded um, in the foundations of this good book um, and going off track. Mm-hmm. But no, if we're looking to what Jesus actually had to say and how we should relate to some of the things as we approach. Open that up a bit more for us, Mark. You're starting to confuse me. <laughs> well, look, perhaps I can direct our listeners um, to a very famous sermon that Jesus preached about his second coming, or the end of time as we would know it. We find it recorded in Matthew's Gospel in the 24th chapter. Jesus has just been inside the temple precinct, and he spoke uh, a very tearful and a very stern rebuke to the religious leaders of his day in Matthew 23. And as Jesus and his disciples left the temple... He told his disciples of the coming destruction of Jerusalem and indeed its temple. And he even said that not one stone would be left upon another. This is as we read Mm. in Matthew 24. Now, they climbed up on the Mount of Olives and uh, his disciples came to him later privately wondering about what he had said about the destruction of Jerusalem and its temple. And this is what we read as recorded by Matthew in the 24th chapter, verse 3. Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Now, it it seems very obvious to me that in the minds of the disciples, a disaster so great as to bring down the temple in Jerusalem, they equated in their minds that this would have to be the end of the world and, and even the return of Christ. So in their minds, they were asking just one question. What would be the signs or the harbingers that would bring on the end time events as they knew it, being the destruction of Jerusalem and the return of Christ and the end of the world all in one event? But, of course, Jesus correctly understood that this was not one question, but actually two. Mm. Um, Signs that would precede the end of Jerusalem as they knew it, its destruction and its doom. And then secondly, signs that would precede indeed the end of the world and the promised return of Jesus. I'm really interested, Mark, back there, that we've actually got the disciples are interested about end-time events uh, in their day because increasingly uh, that's something that right through history we find examples of uh, of groups of people asking a very similar question. Yes, uh, and it's no no wonder that disciples would be interested in this. Uh, you know, when we look at the New Testament, probably one in 25 verses speaks of the second coming of Jesus. Wow. Wow. I mean, the last verse mm. uh, in, of the New Testament in Revelation speaks of the coming of Jesus. So yeah. it seems the New Testament is focused 
on the, that end time event, the coming of Jesus. Um, now, what the first thing that Jesus said to the disciples um, in answer to their question is quite revealing. And it's recorded in the same account as recorded not only by Matthew, but Mark in chapter 13 and Luke in chapter 21. They all say the same thing. This is the first thing Jesus said in answer to their question. I'm going to read it here in Matthew 24, in verse 5, 4 and 5. Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. Now, this warning of Jesus is repeated in verse 11 of Matthew mm-hmm. 24 and verse 24 and 25. Uh, he said, many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. False Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, of even the elect. And then he said, see, I've told you beforehand. Mm. So he certainly wanted them to understand something about the end time uh, and his soon return. And the first thing he wanted them to understand about that is there'd be a lot of religious deception going on in his name. That's why I say, yes, did Jesus say anything about, you know, uh, end time fear mongering and all this sort of thing? Well, there's a lot of teaching out there that perhaps is not actually true. Um, Can you define what you mean by end time deception? I mean, uh, that, that's a, a big word, a, a, big, a big concept, but what exactly does that entail, do you think? Well, I think it is uh, narrowed down by what Jesus said in that false prophets would rise up and deceive many. Now, a prophet is someone who speaks on behalf of God. Mm, A false prophet necessarily would someone who would speak falsely Mm. on behalf of God, but doing it in his name. He said, many will come in my name. Now, that is not talking, uh, well, let's be direct about this, Gary. This is talking within the sacred halls of Christendom. Mm. Many would rise up in his name and speak falsely. It worries me that it says many. You know, I wish it had just said just a, just a few. Oh. But that that, that yeah. many thing worries me a little. Well, it worries me too. Um, obviously, they'll have success. Mm. And we could go back over history to see how... Um, you know, false religious teachers have had success and even mm. leading people to their death. I'm thinking of Jonestown and, and some of these uh, um, you know, very destructive events with false religious teaching. And mm. um, Jesus had that foremost in his mind uh, to share with the disciples uh, regarding events prior to his coming. Um, so, look, when we read these verses, we've got to ask, well, look, did Jesus have anything to say about false teaching and preaching with respect to the end times? And the answer is absolutely he did. You know, he mentioned that four times. Did he warn against false and sensational fear-mongering preachers and teachers who would rise up and deceive many with their false apocalyptic end time scenarios? Yes, he did. He told us mm. this would be wholesale around mm. the place. Mm. Sadly, within the sacred halls of Christendom, mm. even. Now, what did Jesus say then about the end times in his sermon in Matthew 24? Well, I guess a lot of people's attention have been drawn to these verses in verse 6 to 8 in respect to the pandemic we're going through now. So he says this in Matthew 24 and verse um, uh, 6 to 8. He says, You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Now, that's comforting, Gary. Mm. We're going to hear of wars, yes. We had a century of war last century, and there's still wars around the world today. Um, But don't be troubled. The end is not yet. Then he goes on to say, For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, 
pestilences, these mm. are plagues or infectious diseases, and earthquakes in various places. So he said, don't be troubled by these things. The end is not yet. They're going to happen. But notice what he says, which I think is is pregnant with meaning, as to how we're to understand these kinds of things, wars and uh, famines and natural disasters, mm. pandemics and epidemics, earthquakes and so forth. He said in verse 8, all these things are the beginning of sorrows. And uh, as some other translations put it, these are the beginning of birth pains, mm. birth pains. Now, I'm a father, mm-hmm. Gary. Mm. I was at the birth of my two children. Mm. And... Uh, our firstborn, Serena, was uh, five weeks premature. Mm. We were pre- preparing for a, a public series of meetings, and my wife said, um, look, I don't feel quite right. Um, so we said, oh, well, let's go up and check up at the hospital. So we took her up to the hospital, mm. and they told her, you're not going anywhere. You're having a baby tonight. Well, bother, I, have, mm. I had prepared the birthing suite and the <laughs> special music, and I wasn't ready for any of this. I raced home to get a few things for my wife. We came back to the hospital, and it was all on. And I know that birth pains, you know, not that I've, I can't have a baby. I'm glad I can't, but I've witnessed what happens. These uh, birth pains, they start quite mild, mm. and they're far apart. But the closer you get to the birth, yeah. these birth pains become very strong, uh, very intense, and they're more frequent. That's it. it exactly. Yeah, exactly. This, this is, this is yes. what happens. And, um, uh, and and by the time our daughter was born, I mean, I had scratch marks in my arm from my, from my good <laughs> wife, you know, because these things were intense and uh, very frequent. Now, this is how Jesus said we should understand these things. Yeah. Look, we have a pandemic. We have a disaster. We have a, a, a magnitude nine earthquake in Japan, and, mm. you know, tsunami and 300,000 dead. Or, you know, the, the end is not yet. The end is not yet. These are the beginning of birth pains. Jesus says, look, relax. Let not your heart be troubled. These things are going to happen. They may increase and become more frequent the closer we get to the end. But just because we have a headline of a great disaster, that's not the end. I think that's what you're actually saying there is actually so important, Mark, because I'm I'm conscious that certainly in my life, each time that there has been a significant world event, I've always had somebody who's asked this really important question you know, is this a sign that Jesus is going to come quickly as Jesus is going to come now and the answer of course is exactly as as you're presenting it there yeah. Yes, you know, the, the end is not yet, but let's not dismiss it, it is a sign It's These actually a trend, are, isn't it? It's a trend, these things yeah. are going to happen He yeah. says they're the beginning of sorrows, in yeah. other words uh, the way we should understand them according to Jesus is to, to see these things, watch these trends as they will uh, be more frequent mm-hmm. and more intense yes. as, as they come upon the world. And these, as we watch the steady trend of events, we can track where we're going. We're getting mm. closer and closer. You know, pandemics, disasters, earthquakes, all these sorts of things. Um, you know, 20 years ago, when Kofi Annan was um, the Governor General of the United Nations, he spoke of one of the most pressing challenges of our time. And he said they are the extraordinary increase and frequency of great disasters. Mm. The increase in intensity and frequency of 
and, and that's exactly what Jesus said mm. we should be looking for. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I'm encouraged by that, that. So it's a trend line rather than any one individual event. Correct. Yeah, yeah, it's a trend line. That's good. Yeah. Let, let me share with you something else he said about the end time, and I'm going to come down to verse 32 of your sermon in Matthew 24. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. Mm. Now, you can see some visible changes in the fig tree. We've got a fig tree in our backyard. Mm -hmm. And uh, when it puts forth, you know, its leaves, you know that summer is near. So as you see these visible changes, as he says, these things increasing and uh, things taking place. So he says, so also, when you see all these things, know that it is near. Okay. At the doors. Okay. Now, can we know something about the end time? Well, the answer, according to Jesus, is yes, we can. We are to know that it is near, even at the door. And if someone's at your door, it's pretty close. So he's uh, he's encouraged us that, yes, we can understand something about the end time. We so, can. So, so you are confident that, uh, that, the, that the scriptures do teach the reality of an end time? Absolutely. Um, the scriptures talk about the beginning of time. We read it in Genesis, mm-hmm. time as we know it, mm-hmm. and there is an end of time. Mm-hmm. It's linear. Mm-hmm. And the end of time would be when Jesus comes back and changes the order of things and uh, ushers in a world in which there's peace and righteousness forevermore. Mm. But he did say we may know um, that these things are near. Now, um, uh can we know, or, or why does Jesus uh, warn us of these things that is coming? We've seen some of these things. He, mm. He's mentioned all sorts of um, disasters and wars and so forth that may increase in frequency and intensity until the, till the end. Why does he warn us of these things? Is it fear-mongering? Well, I don't think so. Not at all. He tells us these things so that we might be prepared Mm-hmm. And ready, mm-hmm. and I wonder if I think back, you know, ten years ago to that great tsunami wave that that took place across the world uh, mm. there. What if people knew what was coming? Yeah, would they be wandering down the beach as all the tide went out, or would they be running for higher ground if they knew? And so I think in these sort of things, as Jesus has revealed them, it's it's like the Lord is is sounding the tsunami warning. It's almost it would be almost a crime. To not share, wouldn't it? You yeah. know, if you if you knew that sort of information and you withheld it, yeah. that would be a, a crime. Would be. We need to know what's going on, and he has revealed certain mm. things. Now we don't know everything about yeah. the end times, yeah. Yeah. Um, and we shouldn't be speculating and getting into conspiracy theories and, and things like this. We should concern ourselves with what has been revealed mm. and what has been revealed concerning these end times in the Bible in mm. both Jesus' sermon here and later on in Revelation, they are clear. He has given us a trend of events mm. that we can clearly see. Let's let's be concern ourselves with that and not with speculations of what is not has been revealed. I read an interesting statement, Gary, um, as I was doing some reading in the book of Chronicles, you know, the history of the kings That's of Israel. Old Testament. <laughs> Old Testament. Old Testament, yeah. And this is in First Chronicles. It's in chapter 12 and verse 32. This, this statement struck me. Um, and it's talking about the various uh, tribes and people of Israel and soldiers that joined themselves to David, who has just been announced king. And it says this, The sons of Isaacar, who had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. Mm. Now, this statement struck me. It's very important to understand the times that we might know what we ought to do. Mm. 
And Paul wrote in his letter to the Corinthians that if the trumpet does not give a or gives an uncertain sound, who will prepare himself for battle? Mm. We need to understand the times so that we might know what we ought to do. And what did Jesus say we ought to do as we understand the times? So in in uh, in Matthew 24, for example, he also goes on in verse 37 to 39, and he talks about the days of Noah. Mm-hmm. He says, "As the coming, as there was the days of Noah, so will also the coming of the Son." It's of interesting Mary. in that passage that Christ actually believed in Noah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. History, according to Jesus, and he just simply talked about you know back in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marry, doing all these daily routines, mm-hmm. but not making preparation for what was coming. Mm-hmm. Noah preached for a hundred and twenty years, warning the world of its coming destruction Mm -hmm. through a global flood, according to the Bible story. So was it fear-mongering for Noah to warn the world of its coming destruction? Well, I don't think so. Mm. I think it's uh, good to be prepared Mm. for what's coming. He also said in Luke, Jesus, he said, um, likewise, as it was in the days of Lot, you know, they were eating and drinking, marrying the same as like the days of Noah, until the day came when, you know, it rained fire and brimstone and destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Wow. Um, yeah. So was it fear-mongering for Lot? Because he yeah. went in and he warned his family mm. of what was coming and encouraged them to come out of the city. It wasn't fear-mongering. It was a call for preparation. It was a call for salvation. And I see the warnings that God gives in his word are a wonderful demonstration of mm. his love for humanity. He does not want anyone to be thrust into the biblical end-time events, so to speak, unprepared. Okay. He wants us to be ready. He wants us to be prepared. And I love the verse in Matthew 24 where it talks about the reason for all of these things being revealed. He says to his people, and I think he says to us today, is Matthew 24, verse 42, "'Watch therefore, for you don't know what hour your Lord is coming.'" But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, he said, mm. you also be ready. Okay. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you don't expect. The purpose of God in telling us what is about to come is not to make us afraid, but to help us get ready for the greatest event of the ages to lift up our heads when we see these things coming because our redemption draws near. Mm. The warnings, the signs, the harbingers of his soon return are for our benefit, for our blessing, so that we can walk into the future with confidence, faith, and peace and trust God who holds the future in his hands. That's where I want to put my future Mm. And I hope all our listeners too. Mm. I think what the way you finish off there is actually very powerful because what we've got got is a God who is so concerned about us that He wants us to be thoroughly prepared for what is actually coming on yes. the, on the earth. But He doesn't want us jumping at every um, uh, every incident that occurs in in this world. That is so significant, Mark. We're going to come back. Uh, we're going to talk about some of this in in just a moment. But before we do, let's go to uh, Judy Thill, and this is When the Bridegroom Comes. See the bride. 
today is the final events of Bible Prophecy DVD, exploring what the Bible says about the future and other topics you've heard of, like the rapture, the second coming, and many more. This DVD is available in several languages, including Mandarin, French, Spanish, and Portuguese. To get your free final events DVD, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big questions for God with Pastor Gary. Uh, this is the program where we look each day at the difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. If you have questions about this subject or some other subject, you can text them to our desk. That's 0438 066-635. Each week we invite you to text your questions just with your first name and we'll invite religious specialists to look about, look at some of the big questions of the Christian faith today. We're talking about the end times. Is it just sensational fear-mongering? I have with me in the studio Pastor Mark Wilson, pastor of the Prospect Church in Adelaide, South Australia. Mark, thank you so much for what you've been sharing. It's been wonderful. Yeah, good. Gary? Do you know, to me, there there seems to be a little bit of a almost a balancing act here. Uh, you know, in some ways, what you've been presenting could be seen as sensational, even sensational in the days of Christ. Today, it can be incredibly challenging to people, and yet you're suggesting that there are also incredible promises of hope encapsulated within what Christ is actually sharing. Are there any other um, times when Christ spoke about this particular subject? You've mentioned deception, but uh, give us the big picture. Look, Gary, uh, um, it's easy to miss the the purpose of... um why the Lord reveals some of these things. Mm. And again, I'd like to repeat, it's, it's not to scare anyone or make anyone afraid. If we're afraid, we don't know he who holds the future. Um, okay. Fear is something that um, um, you, you can't have. I, I guess I'm, uh, I remember a story when Jesus was on the boat with his disciples. Mm. A great wind came up, mm. you know, a stormy sea. He was asleep in the back of the boat. Mm. The disciples were afraid for their very lives mm. uh, with this crisis, the storm and the sea. And they finally woke Jesus up. Don't you care? We're about to perish. They were mm. trying to bucket the water out of the boat. They're about to go under. And Jesus said to them, he said, um, why are you so fearful? Mm. Where is your faith? It's in the middle of a storm. It's in the middle of a storm that the disciples are fearful. And Christ's question is, why? Yes, why? I'm here with you. Mm. You don't need to fear. I'm with you. It's in crisis that character is revealed. Mm-hmm. That our relationship with God and um, what what God is wanting from His people is that they might know Him. Mm. They might have a relationship with Him. You know, Jesus said in His prayer before His uh, His final hours and His you know, led to His crucifixion. He prayed and He said, Father. I pray that they might, this is life eternal, he mm-hmm. said, that mm-hmm. they might know you, the, the only, only true, true God, God, and Jesus mm. Christ whom mm. you have sent. Mm. And it was because Jesus knew the Father mm. that he had no fear as he went through the final crisis in his crucifixion, in his trial, his betrayal. Mm. He could carry himself calmly, knowing that nothing would come to him that his heavenly Father had not permitted. Mm. So that's why he says, watch and pray. You know, be ready. Know me. Let me into your life. I'll cast out all fear. There's no fear in love, he says. Mm. You know, and I think of the second coming, the famous text, I just love it so much in John 14, verse 1 to 3. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Mm. 
Mm. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions, he said. Mm. You know, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Powerful. And uh, if it were not so, I would have told you. I yeah. will come again to receive you to myself. We don't have to fear anything mm. that is coming up towards the time of Christ's coming. Don't let your heart be troubled. Know me as your saviour. Mm. I will give you a peace that passes understanding. And mm. you can go through hell and high water and you can be the same calm individual as in the times of prosperity. Mm. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He'll never change. Mm. And as we have a relationship with him, we can have that relationship on the mountaintops and in the valleys. Mm. He'll see us through safely to the heavenly harbour. We can trust him in that. This is actually so significant given the times in which we're living right now because I, I'm just so conscious that what we've actually got is people that, uh, we've got people who have lost jobs out there. We've got people who are uh, cocooned in their homes. We've got people who are really starting to question, well, where are we all going? And what you're suggesting here is that the disciples, in having their hand in the hand of Christ, were able to weather the storms that were taking them, well, could have seen them sunk. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, I, you know it's, it's terrible that people have lost jobs, um, even lives mm. um, and families that, that go through this. We're, we're in, a, in a world that's cracking up, um, a world that is yearning. For its redemption, yeah, yeah, and I think the the only way to survive is to have a thriving relationship with the loving Lord. Mm. There's a wonderful future in store for this planet, and He wants us all to prepare for that day. We live in a sinful world now, and bad things happen to good people for no apparent reason. Mm. But let's learn the lesson of trust and faith. He promises mm. he'll, he'll guide us safely through. He won't remove some of the suffering necessarily. We may have to go through that. But he promises, uh, you know, this life is only a few short years, mm. Gary, three mm. score and mm. ten, if mm. we get that far. Um, but eternity is a very, very long time. Mm. And I'd rather be ready for that and uh, to be prepared for that great day when he will end the suffering of this world mm. and usher in a new world where righteousness and peace dwell forevermore. Let us learn to have lessons of faith and trust, even in the hard times. That's where our character will mm. be tested, in the hard times, where our love will be tested. Mm. And if we can endure that, then we'll endure until the end when he mm. comes to rescue us. You know, there's a, there's a song that, uh, that comes to mind. It's actually one that's on our playlist here. It's uh, Reggie Smith. I fixed my eyes on another time. Uh, this is almost a prayer uh, of uh, of personal expression saying, hey, there's something bigger and better in going on from here. Uh, this is this is not something that uh, th this is not something to create fear in my life, but rather this is something uh, that's going to produce something glorious in the future that God, that Jesus was wanting to prepare his disciples for. Uh, this is such a powerful message yeah. that comes in, uh, in the Gospels. You know, Gary Paul says something like this in Colossians 3, set not your affection on, on things beneath, but set mm. your affection on things which are above. 
Mm. You know, he says, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, will work for us a more exceeding weight of glory um, when Christ is revealed. And, you know, if we put our eyes fixed on something beyond, the better land, the better tomorrow, the better yeah. world, we can go through just about anything, you know, if we can uh, keep our eyes focused on the reward at the end of the road. And it's mm. coming. Mm. It's mm. a world where righteousness dwells. And uh, that day is coming with the return of Jesus, and we can trust him all the way through. You know, if we put our lives in his hands, we do the coming, surrender our lives to him, he'll do the saving, and he'll get us through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell me, Mark, how does a person, if a person doesn't, doesn't know Jesus Christ, how do, they, how do they come, how do they start a walk of faith? Oh, Gary, I didn't know anything about uh, uh, a brief, very, very um, scant understanding of anything spiritual, but I remember praying a drunken prayer one night, mm-hmm. saying, mm-hmm. God, if you exist, yeah. help me. Mm-hmm. He hears prayers like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we just cry it, even if we don't know he exists, Lord, yeah. if you're there, please help me. Please That's powerful. show me. He'll answer a sincere prayer like that. And as we get to know him, we, we come to trust him more, and that makes us stronger. Mm-hmm. Mark, would you like to pray for our listeners out there? Yes, sure. Our Heavenly Father, we've spent an hour with you sharing and listening to beautiful music. And uh, we don't know who's listening. I don't know who's listening, but maybe there's somewhere there that's troubled, uh, that has uh, some big questions for you. I just want to pray for that one. Indeed, every ear that's listening, that you will comfort every heart, that you will reveal yourself to each and every person, that you will show that, you, yes, you are a loving, uh, dear, um, uh, kind and uh, forgiving God. Lord, we want to know you and we just pray that you will just um, manifest yourself in each person's life. Show them that you're present and uh, give them peace that passes understanding. Help them to maybe open up the pages of the old Bible, to Mm. sweep away the dust, to open its pages, and find within the pages of that book life and peace that passes all understanding. We pray for every listener of our radio program. Bless everyone in this drive-by hour, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Mark, thank you for that. It does look like our time is up for today. You've been listening to Faith FM Drive Time, Big Questions for God, with Pastor Gary and Pastor Mark. This is the program where we look each week at the difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. If you have questions, you can text them to our desk that's 0438 Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Pastor Mark Wilson on the Drive Time Show. Tomorrow we dig deeper into this question. But until then, please remember that Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May the Lord richly bless you as you continue to walk with him. Our final song as we as we finish is this uh, beautiful song, I Have Fixed My Mind on Another Time by Reggie Smith.
have fixed my mind on another time, on another time. And here I mean to stand until God gives me more light. And On the narrow way 